Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I would have got behind Diesel if he just told everyone to shut the f*** up. <laughs> hey, I'm ready. To the Cultaholic Classic Raw review, as the other Cultaholic lads knuckle down, hunker down, bear down and bear in for All Out. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean, where all is pretty much out of WWF in the mid-90s as we trudge through the less than elite new generation era. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, of the former Cultaholic Heavyweight Champion Tom Campbell. I am alongside, as always, the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic, the man what does not need a pencil. He gets it right every time. He is Titan Shrugged Justin Henry from America. How about we watch All Out instead? <laughs> Shall we just do that? Uh, when this goes out, we are just a couple of hours away from AEW All Out. Any particular matches you're excited about, sir? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Jericho versus, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in the Mimosa Mayhem match, which will either be really corny or really fun, or both at the same time. I'm excited because uh. Jericho said he lends, like, some of the match lends itself from, like, exploding death matches from Japan, <laughs> which I'm delighted by. So we're going to have exploding oranges. Oh, one can dream. One can dream. And uh, we've done our predictions on the channel. Uh, I don't think we've heard yours. So what we'll say is, are we getting a new AEW World Champion tonight, sir? Uh, I predict no, but we'll see. Uh, I'll, just run, I'll just run through mine real fast. I'm going to say Moxley, Orange Cassidy, FTR, Sheeta, um, Matt Hardy, Archer for the Battle Royal. I'm going to say Cardona scores the pin in the eight-man tag. Uh, what's the other main show match? Oh, um, yeah, oh, yeah, Bucks, Young Bucks. Dark Order. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you got Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Bucks over uh, Jurassic Express. And I'll say Brett wins the Tooth and Nail Cinematic Challenge. See, our, um, our predictions are pretty similar. The only things that are different is I think that Dark Order is winning the eight-man. And I'm actually picking Eddie Kingston... <laughs> To get as a signing on bonus a world title shot. Hey, Kingston versus Moxley would be something. Or, or, or Kingston versus MJF. Like the, that's, well, that to me has a lovely feel about it. Is it fair to say, I hate to spoil this for anyone who's listening before All Out, that the Casino Battle Royal winner might sort of beget who wins the world title match? Mm, I think it will. 
I, I think I think if a I think if a face wins the battle royal, a heel wins the main event. I think if a heel wins the battle royal, a face wins the main event. Well, Mox is. I mean, Mox is sort of uh, neutral enough to where he could face. I mean, I mean, he's faced Darby Allen before. He faced Omega before. But I think if uh, I suppose, I guess. So, I mean, but if uh, if, if like a true babyface wins, then, then sure I could see MJF winning. But if a heel wins, Mox is definitely winning. Yeah, that's a good shout. But, but, but in fact, I'll tell you what. I I will. A little spoiler here. We are recording this at eleven thirteen a.m. on a on a Thursday uh, morning here on my time. That is, it's four thirteen in the afternoon for Tommy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. I will give Tom my prediction for how the world title match ends. Oh, okay. And because because I have a theory, and we'll see if I'm right. Because because I want to see if he um. You know, feel free to mute me out on this. Cool. If you know what I'm saying, because, so, so that we don't spoil it for anybody else. Nah, you're all good. You're all good. Okay, this is what I think is going to happen. Moxie's going to break MJF's arm and win with the Salt of the Earth armbar. Ooh! Since he can't use the paradigm shift. Nice! I like that. I like that a lot. So, so that's what I think. I think, controversial opinion, I think MJF will cause do some shenanigans before the match and knock MJF Bandy to the point where the ref will eventually end up stopping the match. Oh, I guess either or. I guess we'll see. It's a spicy take. It's probably very wrong, but it's a spicy take. But look, we're not allowed to talk about this because we have to go back 15 years to a simpler Sigh. time, I know. To a simpler time. The heady, the heady days, the, the dizzy highs, the alarming lows and the creamy middles of the new generation era of professional wrestling. We are... Oh, oh, there there were no creamy middles or Disney (laughs) highs. Now, the writers may have been dizzy because they were high, but that's about it. (laughs) There is that. So, before we get into the ruggers of Monday Night Raw, we will have a little recap of what's happening in the wrestling world at this particular point. Where and when are we, by the way, Justin Henry? Well, this aired the night after Christmas or on Boxing Day, as we soon learn. December 26, 1994. It was taped two weeks earlier at Liberty High School in Liberty, New York, this wonderful friggin' building. WCW Starcade is happening in and around this time. It sure did. Uh, here's a few highlights from what what happened. Honky Tonks. Hi, yeah, we, we're using the word highlight in, uh, in with bunny rabbit ears around it. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man quits Dub C Dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hours before his match, uh, Meltzer says, don't know the details, was told that Honky Top Man was expected to get the TV title um, and was also unhappy about not getting a contract. Both he and Duggan are on $1,000 per match at the moment. Uh, he may have balked about being asked to do the job, but I don't know that as a fact. Considering he's a career alternative at this point, even though he might have felt this was right to walk out, this decision is perplexing. <laughs> so... I can only assume that if he thought he was getting the belt, he was going to have a 15-month reign a la the Intercontinental title reign from the 80s, since Hogan was reliving everything here. I think so. I think he must have thought he was going to get a nice long run, so he wanted a nice long contract. Didn't get any of that. Does that mean Renegade was going to beat him in a squash match with the belt? Oh! If we're hitting hitting hard reset and going backwards, then, yeah, that would have been a thing. Might as well. We could have had... Had some renegade destructivity. Do you know the stars for the for this particular pay per view? Do you want to have a guess at some of them? 
at the match ratings? Yeah. I don't have them handy, but I could try to venture a guess All based right. on what you tell me. I've got them here, sir. Let's go for it. Vader beating Jim Duggan for the U.S. title in our opening match in 12 minutes and 6 seconds. What do you reckon the Big Dave gave that? I recall this being a decent enough match. I'm going to go three stars. Wow. You are optimistic, sir. I'm proud of you. It's a star and a half from what? Dave. Star and a half. I like that match, actually. Duggan battered Vader, from what I remember. Well, it was a brawl between two guys who could fight. <laughs> Just seeing Duggan battering Vader made me sad. Um, no. Alex Wright pinning Jean-Paul Levesque in 14.03. He beat the game. He beat the game, Alex Wright. Beat the game, Triple H. What do you reckon Big Dave gave that? I want to say one star. Close, one and a quarter. Ooh. Uh, in lieu of a match that would have seen Elvis versus uh, Little Richard, Little. <laughs> we're getting Johnny B. Bad defending his title and retaining his TV title against Arn Anderson in 11.21. With a match that so, had literally an hour to, to, to figure out if that... So basically, it was Little Richard versus Waylon Jennings. <laughs> that is a, an even better mixture, if you ask me. What do you reckon Dave voted for this battle of what was going to be the battle of the bands? I, I, I don't really recall this match that well, but I, I recall it not being good because of the a low prep time. I'm going to say one star. Spot on, sir. One star. Okay. Uh, in what Dave says as, quote, easily the best match of the show, but to say they stole the show would mean they were guilty of petty theft. <laughs> <laughs> line. Dave's had another week without a night with Mrs. Meltzer. Uh, Nasty Boys beat Harlem Heat via DQ. 17 and minutes and 49 seconds. What do you reckon uh, Big Dave gave that one? Two and a half. Two and a quarter. For a match of the night. I know, right? Uh, the match ended with Nobbs getting Sherry's face right into Sags' pit. Pity City getting a big pop. That's where we're at at the moment with Dubsy Dub. All I can think of right now is Bobby Heenan saying that knobs are selling symptoms of menopause. <laughs> in um, in match number five, Mr. T beats Kevin Sullivan and his own shirt in three minutes and 50 seconds. What wasn't meant to be a triple threat match, it wasn't until Kevin Sullivan tried to strip the shirt from Mr. T Did Mr. T get caught in the arms, in the sleeves of his shirt. Spent the whole match fighting with the sleeves on. It was Ooh, horrible. Um, <laughs> I bet they had an off night. I'm going to say three and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you were so close. It was a dud. Oh. You got the dud! Three minutes and 50, T and Kev stinking the joint up. Um, Sting and, uh, and Avalanche go to war with Sting beating Avalanche, formerly known as John Tenter, by DQ in 15 and 26. What do you reckon? One. Quarter of a star. Oh, Jesus. Uh, he looked pretty immobile, says Dave, and it was slow, bad, and went on too long. He's talking about Avalanche as opposed to Sting looking immobile. Which is sad news. Hogan came out to save Sting from a beating at the end. So, yay, Hogan. Thank God you're here. And he's straight back out there for his big main event with the WCW Heavyweight Championship on the line. It's Hulk Hogan versus Ed Leslie, the butcher. He butchered a friendship. What did the battle of the besties get in Dub C Dub? For first, I have to ask, what would be the equivalent today? Between WWE and AEW, between like two, between a former WWE top guy that is kind of polarizing, and his good friend headlining like all out. 
Chris what Jericho. Well, I don't think uh, it's your Chris. Hiring, hiring uh, what's his face from FMW? <laughs> don't say Luther. Jericho versus Luther. Well, I'm thinking like a current WWE guy that the that fans like are like. Imagine like Hunter and uh, see, it had to be Hunter and someone I think. X Park. Okay, imagine Hunter. Well, Orton. <laughs> no. <laughs> are we comparing or- the British Beefcake? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, or was Conrad say Brutus the motherfucking barber beefcake? Okay, okay. I'll tell you what. In terms of, I'm basing this on in ring rather than like overall. So forgive me. It would be Hunter, Hunter and Batista. Oh, I was going to say Hunter versus Road Dog, but we'll go Hunter versus Batista. What? Well, actually, either or. Imagine headlining all out. <laughs> but they'd have to be like he'd have to be. I suppose he could own Triple H, couldn't he? He's probably powerful enough to take that name with him. And Dave would be Bautista. I, just... I mean, I mean, there is a butcher in um in AEW already. I'd argue that they probably put on a better match. <laughs> as probably well. they probably they probably. Uh, but what do you reckon for the rating? What's did this get? I'm gonna say quarter of a star. Oh, mate, you are far too harsh on this battle of the titans. Three quarters of a star from Dave. Oh, damn. Uh, in the post-match interview, um, we see Vader and Harley race challenging Hogan to a match. And there's this is I believe is this the pay per view where we have Gene Oakland there as well and Nick Bockwinkle who is the general manager the commissioner of WCW and he's like hey you need to make this match happen and Nick Bockwinkle is going so round the houses and they're running out of time and they end up not officially making the match because he's doing he's taking too long to get to the point. Well, yes, and Nick Bockwinkle would take an hour to say say what the weather is outside. As Bobby <laughs> used to kind of like intimate. So that was Starcade '94, mate. What what a hell of a show! What a night for everybody involved. <laughs> it's um, surely it's not the granddaddy of a mall Starcade. This is a different level of Starcade. Mm. Sting uh, wrestling in WWE. Sting wrestling in WCW without an official new contract as of now. He has agreed verbally to a deal with WCW, um, which is either for two or three years. But it. Possibly looks like Titan Sports may be reaching out to Sting at this point, too. They should have given him whatever the hell he wanted. Oh, could you imagine? He would have been so fresh. Oh, Christ. Imagine Sting turning up during the new generation era. Sting versus Mantar. Sting versus Mabel. It would give him a better theme song than he does this. He does that. <laughs> he's as big as a bull and he's quick as a cat. He, he... looks fine. He looks cool. Something, 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 something. Are you ready for Mantasting? <laughs> I am. Mate, I'm ready for Mantasting. Uh, also in WCW, from Meltzer, nobody knows exactly what the future of Jean-Paul Levesque is. He was offered $15,000 per week to stay with WCW and promised tag titles with Stephen Regal. Titan is also interested. The deal is that 15000 per week if WCW doesn't run many house shows it means less road expenses and it means that uh, it may better get him a better bottom line than if he goes to dub dub F so Paul Levesque possibly getting an offer from the World Wrestling Federation what could possibly go wrong well if um even if people were guessing at the time I bet nobody could have gotten exactly right what was what was going to happen with him you could, I just, I think at this point in time, there's no way you'd have thought, here's the guy that is going to be the most powerful man in in business, in the entire of the industry. 
pretty much. In fact, he's in fact he's so powerful, he's so strong, he could take a show that's on Wednesdays and carry it to Tuesdays. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and hey, and it was always famous. He said he didn't want to work Tuesdays. Hey, proves that wrong. <laughs> well, it's a little uh, ironical. It is, isn't it? I use that clip in the news podcast. I'm very proud of myself. Um, oh, this is mean. As of January 1st, WCW is taking all the wrestlers' frequent flyer miles away from them. No! I know! they got to pay for their own flights now, scumbags. Isn't, doesn't Turner own this company? Yeah, they're rolling in it. But apparently that is not the case. Hey, Justin, question for you, question for you, question for you. Yes. ECW, right? Formerly known as Eastern Championship Wrestling, getting reborn as Extreme Championship Wrestling. Which free agent do you think would fit perfectly for this new vision of ECW? At the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> Onita. That's right. Dan the Beast Severin. Uh, Dan Seven has been approached by ECW uh, to possibly come in and put Dean Malenko over. Uh, however, no parties have made an agreement as of yet. That'd have been an Se- interesting little turn of events. Seven ain't doing jobs for a long time. <laughs> this is back in the day before Seven shirt, Seven Seven's grey shirt got sweaty. He's very young at this point. Wow. Not go that far. He's pushing forty here. Uh, he's a young one. Uh, just a few mo- notes from WWF. Jim Ross is back on the books. He was rehired uh, to work in the booking department and to produce television. Not any announcing. Keep his face out of our place, says Vince McMahon. Well, he did date. Uh, he did date Mildred Burke that we learned on on Wednesday night on Dynamite. So he does have some clout. Mm-hmm. Chris Candido is not doing All Japan in January because he's coming to the WWF. And, uh, he, it looks he made as the t- right decision. <laughs> it looks as if Tammy Fitch is coming with him as well. Mm-hmm. I bet they push him more cause, because he, he's an actual proven wrestler. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be fine. They won't saddle him with any gimmicks or anything like that. Um, yeah. This just made me chuckle. Um, actually, I'll read that one last. I'll just do this one. Shawn Michaels is starting back at the Rumble. We get some hints that and Michael's return is imminent during this episode of Raw, so I won't go into too much detail on this, but it's, it's been a while since we've seen him in the ring, and he's coming back to wrestle by the Royal Rumble. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, this is just verbatim from Meltzer. I just coughed because he made me laugh. Smoking guns aren't in any trouble. Story is that Vincent Mann just changed his mind and decided to give a big push to 123 Kid and Bob Holly. So they will invent a story that one of the guns fell off their horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just found it funny. Like it's so it's so true to Vince today, where he goes, "Push them! I love them! I love them!" Okay, I'm bored now, and like let's go with them. And it's just the idea of Vince going, "Ah, just say one of them fell off a horse." So the smoking guns are Frank Grimes, and the um, <laughs> and Holly and Kidder, that dog who pushed the criminal in front of the car. <laughs> John, you know what to do. What do you want done with the smoking gun, sir? Oh, just put him somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and put they did on the shelf for ages. So well, that, not quite. Uh, for a little bit. But that is the uh, that's the roundabout of the wrestling world. Let's go over to Justin Henry. He is off of America, and he's going to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh, will this miserable year never end? <laughs> it ends in a couple of days, mate. So. We start the show with a, with actual hype for what we're going to see tonight. Hype video for Taker squash match, Diesel appearing on the King's Court, and Bulldog versus Tatanka. 
nice little reasonable layout for what's ahead. Mm-hmm. Just neat and to the point. So we start out with Vince and Sean at ringside. Sean rolls his eyes at Taker being in action tonight. What a dynamic change that would take in 15 years. Oh my god, can you imagine? Hell, just two, two or three years. Do they start mixing it up in two years' time? Yeah, I suppose they do, don't they? Because 95. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Gosh, yeah, that moves quick, doesn't it? Yeah, the greatest Hell in a Cell match of all time. Gosh, life comes at you fast. And then one of the greatest Mania matches of all time in a decade and a half. I, w- I wouldn't have guessed it then. No. I, I, this is what I love about this era, is there's a few little little shoots. A little, little, few little green shoots coming through, and you're like, you'd have, you would never have predicted where this ends up going. No, it's, I mean, I mean the, the idea that they would have that sort of longevity, or even, I mean, Sean had been retired for four years at one point, and Tigger was, even before he retired in, <laughs> retired in 2020, you know, you, you know, he was breaking down for a while, and you think that they would make it this long and have a match of that quality in 2009, that's astounding. It's incredible. So we have DiBiase, Tatanka, and I believe a Druid. Am I right? There was a Druid here? Um, I didn't see a Druid. Okay, never oh, mind. Oh, wait, wait, it. was that? Hang on. No, there wasn't a Druid, because I was thinking okay. last week where Tatanka was the Druid. That's correct. So we got DiBiase. We got... We have Shoyanair Ted here with uh, with uh, Tatanka. Sean talks to him for a little bit. And DiBiase promises the Borg, but... We'll get what Luger got last week, which is a full dose of the Million Dollar Corporation. I'm not, I don't know what to do with that sentence. They're really trying to push this hodgepodge group of the Million Dollar Corporation. You can't fault them for that. It's, it's uh, It isn't quite the NWO at its peak, is it? It's really not. I mean, I wonder where the idea came from because I feel I like. I think we might mention this on the podcast before. I love the idea of Ted DiBiase bankrolling a faction. Sure, That's a cool story. Like I'm the richest man in wrestling. I'm not wrestling anymore, so I'm gonna hire the biggest, the best, the baddest to wrestle on my behalf. Who have you got? Tatanka, IRS. King Kong Bundy. Like, whoa. I mean, you look at that roster, and you could have maybe. Who would you pick from this roster? Like, who, who's who's hot to trot on this roster that you would well, see, have that's, had? That, that's the problem. It's, it's, it's such an uninteresting roster. You have, okay, Bam Bam's obviously, you know, your bell cow in this group. Yes. But after him, it's quite a, like, Bundy may have had some cred from the 80s. But really, you know, you need some fresh blood, and ironically, a year from now, he he actually has some top guys in his group. All of a sudden, we don't we don't know we're top guys yet. Mm. Like when you get to Austin and Kid, and hell, even Sid, who was at least a main event a main event level star. Yeah, that gets more interesting then. And it's always and you mentioned Bam Bam Bigler there. And I think obviously Bam Bam, I think he's the the pick of the bunch, really. Sure. And and. Even the issue you got with Bam Bam is that you push King Kong Bundy as, oh my god, he's a giant, he's the biggest thing ever. And then he stands next to Bundy, he stands next to Bam Bam. And it sort of, he just, he looks so unint, it looks like somebody got bored doing Creator Wrestler. <laughs> when you put Bundy next to Bam Bam, it's just like black tights, generic face bold. Just got bored, just put him out there. Yeah, it's like... It's like you're modifying Brodus Clay on one of the WWE games. He took all his tattoos off. He took his hair off. He changed his single position air black. And someone called you for dinner as he ran upstairs. 
<laughs> you sterilized and... Brodus Clay. Yes. yes. <laughs> He's the funker who cares. <laughs> I remember years ago talking of I just this is a random memory that your your description there pulled up. Years ago, when I was living back home and I had a Sega Dreamcast, I had a racing game for the Dreamcast. I want to say it was Sega Rally or something. And uh, mm -hmm. my granddad was playing it. And uh, Or was it Gran Turismo on the PlayStation? Either way, it was a racing game and it had a steering wheel. So my granddad loved it. And then we all went, for, and then we all went and sat down for dinner. And then when we came back, granddad sat down. And what he'd done is, instead of like pausing the game, he parked the car. Like, on the side of the road, beautifully parked. <laughs> so he just, like, it's just like, Greta, this lap is taking you 29 minutes. <laughs> like, you could have just paused it. So I was like, I'm last now. I said, you're more than likely last now, I would say. <laughs> but I like so the effort. <laughs> so when your grandfather plays GTA, does he, like, uh, obey all the traffic signals and stuff and oh, stop at the lights? And... <laughs> I don't know, but I'd love to find out. I might I might try it on him over Christmas. I know that one day I tried to play Grand Theft Auto by sticking to the rules, and I got just bored really quick. <laughs> Fender Bender, he turns himself in. <laughs> Also, I'd, last time I tried to do it when tried to play Grand Theft Auto by not breaking the rules, everybody else is incredibly violent. I, I oh, stopped, yeah. stopped the red lights, and then a car bumped me. The guy got out and pulled me out of the car. I, and I'm trying not to be a criminal. <laughs> and everyone's kicking off. You know what's fun about that game? What's that? <laughs> I used to play with a friend, but back in the... Back in the PS2 days, when I was like, when I was Vice City, oh, so what man. we would do is we would take turns every minute. We would just hand the controller back and forth, and and we called the game "You Effing Asshole." <laughs> See, what we would do is we would, we would take turns, and when we we're like five seconds left before the lapses, you commit a crime, and then hand the controller over to your friend who has to deal with it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like your turn. <laughs> 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 but just like just take a horse and just leave the horse on the track <laughs> on the train there you go have fun and then a drunken hangman comes in through your front door oh, oh, through telepathy he figured out what happened well that's my weekend sorted <laughs> that's it's something so the Tonka versus the British Bulldog and we learned that Bulldog is celebrating Boxing Day, which I guess they have in the UK. They certainly do. It's very much a thing, is Boxing Day. And uh, I figured that um, it wasn't something that happens in the UK. Oh, sorry, in the USA. So you might want a little bit of a potted history of Boxing Day. I know it happens in Canada, too. <laughs> oh, do you? Okay. Well, I won't explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from it. the 1800s. It's got nothing to do with boxing, lack of a better term. It's back when rich people used to box up gifts to give to poor people. It was a day off for servants, and they received special Christmas boxes from their masters. And then they'd also go home on Boxing Day to give Christmas boxes to their families. So that's where so, Boxing Day comes from. So what did Adam get you last year? He got me, uh, well, it was a box that had a hole in it, which is weird. And he insisted on standing next to me when he handed it to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know who? I have to ask who's the victim here. Do you know what? I think we were, we were, we were both alright with it. <laughs> it's also Boxing Day is also the day where 
if you work in retail, you are confronted by what can best be described as bastards who mm-hmm. are just bringing back everything they didn't like at Christmas. So big uh-huh. love to our retail friends at, uh, on Boxing Day. I've worked many a Boxing Day in retail stores and uh, they're never fun. I once put the Best Buy on the 26th to use a gift card. And my goodness, the line out that front door. It's like, like people... I'll just come... I'll just come back in February. It's like it's like people for one day forgot how to shop, and we're like, ah, oh, buy things quickly. Ridiculous. Ah, uh, memories. <laughs> Do you remember that then? Back when we could queue for ages and stand close to each other. Ah, oh, those are times. <laughs> well, speaking of um, speaking of Boxing Day, Sean asks he asked the usual dumb heel question or just the smart ass heel question, which is. If on Boxing Day, this bulldog boxes relatives and beat them up. <laughs> now, if this were Gorilla Monsoon or Jim Ross, they would admonish him for saying it. Like, like no, they don't. Do, he doesn't do that. What does Vince say? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I didn't understand. A lot of Vince's commentary smacks of somebody trying to do two things at once. Yes, to the point where he's not really paying attention to what Sean's saying, but he's trying. So, like, someone's probably in his earpiece going, "Yeah, Brooklyn Brawler's just been sick backstage." Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it's we like thought... when your mom. Is it... Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was a complete thought, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when your mother has a hangover. It's like, mommy, mommy, can I can I play outside in the thunderstorm? Yes, yes. Just get away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, not really comprehending what's going on. Just. You're just giving what you think the answer should be. Oh, you've met Sue. <laughs> you've met Susan Campbell. I can see why she drinks. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her either, to be fair. <laughs> it's okay. All my loved ones around me drink, and I guess there's a reason for it. Well, speaking of reasons for Campbell's a drink, we have the Rockets Red Glare Pyro. Oh, for Ball God's sake! Stop doing it! Rockets Red Glare! <laughs> It is just an right. It is. The, I I swear to God, it exists just to annoy me now. Like, as no, has, why is nobody? But I, I guess, I guess the man saying rockets red glare is the man that didn't know what a burrito was. Yet he was eating one every day for six months. Well, he was going to get a meat wrap. The, <laughs> and has never heard of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. Never heard of Pirates of the Caribbean. Cause a ter- it's cause a burrito and meat wrap. Well, I mean, you see how much he's changed inside his little bubble there. He's he's, he's turning like this Greg Nosferatu in 2020. <laughs> he really has, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's he's like a he's like a cross between Count Chocula and Ty Burrell. <laughs> I want Vince dressed as a vampire. <laughs> John, Photoshop the two to see if I'm right. Oh yes, please do, please do. Ty- Ty Burrell, star of Modern Family. That should help you. <laughs> I like Ty Burrell. He's pretty funny. Mm. Rock solid, oblivious comic actor. Yeah, stunning work. Big fan. So we have uh, so after after we uh, inquire as to whether Davy Boy beats up his relatives on December twenty sixth, we have some basic wrestling to start. Sean says the wrestling bulldog is like wrestling a wet safe. Which Vince replies with, I guess we'll find out! Well, I think you more question what the hell that meant. A wet Isn't safe. That... Well, a safe is very heavy. Uh-huh. So it's it's very cumbersome and it's very bulky, which Bulldog most certainly is. Now, add a little bit of sweat to it, 
so it's even harder to get a grip on this monster who is overbearing and powerful. So it's it's it fits, but it's like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know whether it's a compliment or a dig. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be used as both. For Sean, he's both putting him over and burying him at the same time. Yeah, it's a double jo- It's a double whammy. We have a clunky crucifix for two. Vince thought it was three. Thus beginning a, a theme for 1995 that, that we, we should keep score on every time Vince thought two was three. Because in 95, he goes way overboard with it. I can't wait. As a kid, we, we, we used to crack up that. Like, that was our main reason for watching Raw. Was Vince, what? No champions! It's just, it's just Vin, the Vince-isms from this point. Because, like, Vince is, and, like, Vince doesn't trust many people by the by the sounds of it. He doesn't trust many people to, no. to get over what he wants to get over. So he'll just do right. it himself, i.e. Vince on commentary for the next year, I do believe, uh, on mm. the whole. And so, you know, I know what he's trying to achieve, <laughs> but it's just, it becomes so repetitive that it loses that power. And I don't think he realizes mm. that. It, it becomes unintentional comedy. Yes. And should be viewed as such. So, so Bordel's going for the power slam. Tatanka holds onto the ropes to counter it. They fall back into a pinfall attempt. We get the Raw will continue as Tatanka's going for the cover off of this big counter. One, two. Bordel just kicks out as we as we fade into the break. So it's like, what if, what if using these um, tenets of real life here, what if that was the pinfall? Yeah. Let's break kayfabe for a minute here. It's, what an awful time commercial break. This was taped. It's a weird one, isn't it? <laughs> it's they still haven't figured this stuff out. It's been how long now? It's been long enough, and he should really get his shit together. Yeah. So, speaking of um, questionable stuff, we come back from break, and Sean says it's time for Tatanka to do a rain dance on Bulldog's forehead. Probably couldn't, probably couldn't say that now. Probably no, no, that I now. don't think you could. No. And then, and the discussion veers into, into Lex Luger, and Sean says, in 1995, if Luger's offered the money, take it. <laughs> so, so there you have it. Sean Michaels inadvertently brokered the deal for Lex Luger to jump ship. That's it. I'm glad you put that down. Because I was just like, is this what he ends up doing next year anyway? <laughs> <laughs> The man who I would never sell out. Sells out. Sean's a goddamn soothsayer. <laughs> so Bulldog makes the comeback. Your typical babyface versus heel match on in this era. He's fighting back. Debussy pulls the ropes down, but it, and Bulldog falls over the top rope. Luger hits the ring to check on Davy Boy. Now, this is the exact sequence of events. Luger hits the ring and he starts stalking in for Debussy. Debussy like, like, no, 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 please, no, 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 no. So, and, but, but Luger's in full Terminator mode in that he's a robot in more ways than one. Then Luger hits the ring and beats up Tatanka in full view of the referee. He just can't quit Tatanka, can he? He just can't quit Tatanka. No, he can't. So as he's beating Tatanka up, seconds turn into minutes, basically. Well, not quite, but it feels that way. Then, then after these... Overt pregnant pauses. Then Bam Bam hits the ring. Then Bam Bam hits the ring, and a four-man brawl erupts. The result of this match: 
is a double disqualification. <laughs> now, what was the ref thinking here? So it's like, well, I guess it's legal to a point. Oh, now there's two of them that disqualify everybody. <laughs> it should have been Tatanka by DQ wins the match. It could have not. Could it not have been a case where the ref is somehow taken out of the picture, and then when he comes back, the first thing he sees is everybody fighting, and then he goes, "Ah, yeah. I just throw the whole thing out." Mess. I mean, that would have been fine, also. Would have been absolutely fine. And also, it's here's the thing: got. it's not what we got. But here's the thing, right? It's difficult. I mean, we we rag on Luger all the time. But a couple of weeks ago, he lost clean to the Million Dollar Corporation. Like, clean as a whistle. He's done. So why is this continuing? <laughs> Luger's got no dog in the fight now. Like, he lost to the, co- well, to the I mean, corporation. Well, Tom, what else are they going to do? <laughs> like, anything else? No, it's, it's actually when, when Luger comes out to check on Davey Boy and then gets mucked up with uh, Tatonka. Uh, more importantly, him checking on Davey. That is the beginning of the what else is he going to do portion of his career as we have the birth of a tag team on the horizon. That's right. Which would make the Rockets' red glare line perfectly sensible if they walked out together. I think they got rid of the pirate for these two. Oh, balls. (laughs) Just as it starts making sense. Bin it off, lads. Christ. Uh, I mean, but yes, they are a sensible tag team. They're very powerful, and, and they are allies, so... <laughs> I don't know what you would call them. I would call them the Strong Friends. I would call them the Chaz Wazers. <laughs> I would call them the Title Shots. <laughs> John, I want a, I want a British Bullfrog. <gasps> yes! <laughs> Hang on, British Bullfrog? <laughs> Didn't they make Theme Hospital? Did they? <laughs> There's a game company, Bullfrog, and I'm sure they're based in England. Because I'm bizarre, Ribbit. (laughs) British Bullfrog. John. British Bullfrog. I'm a frog? I don't know! (laughs) And his tadpoles are too small, Billy. (laughs) All aboard the... Bullfrog train, which is what we all call them <laughs> from, from here on Oh, brilliant. We cut to the Royal Rumble report. Nice polka dots, Todd. <laughs> it's not the worst look, but it's... um. So help me God. Todd actually made me chuckle here. I was not expecting this, and I, I feel dirty for doing so. He's going on about Christmas gifts. He's talking about how he got an electric screwdriver... And he's going on about, oh, I'm not going to get this, going to be a bad bit. And he says, I'm hanging pictures I don't even like. That was a good line, one. actually. That was a good line. <laughs> it's, uh, Todd once in a while gets in the sneaky good one. I, I didn't say it was gold, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it was his delivery and just the idea that he's maniacally hanging photos around the house that, of, of relatives he hates and all that. Because he's so enamored with the gift. So, yes, uh, Rumble's in 27 days. Oh, boy. Are we ready for the Rumble? Okay, so we have 15 entrants for the match. Spoiler, two of them will not be in it. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of uh, changes to come, isn't there, that we don't know about yet? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Tom, I want to play a little game here with you. Oh, I like games. Love games. This is going to be the star power game. Oh, yes, okay. I'm going to read off the names of the 15 men who were scheduled for this match so far. I want you to tell me 
if they are a viable winner of this Royal Rumble match and a viable WrestleMania main event potential guy. Okay, so viable winner and viable like, mania. Like, as in, could you see them wrestling Diesel or Brett at WrestleMania 11? Okay, so what I'll do is, if I think they can, I will say it's hot. If I think there's no chance, I'll say cold. Well, not just that, but just, but just sh- if they should, or if they should be kept as far, far away from the main event as possible. Okay, okay, cool. All right. Okay. Lex Luger. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say... Well, Compared he's... to some of the names ahead. Yeah, warm. Um, I think I think could win the Rumble. Possibly should win the Rumble. <sighs> Do I want him at Mania? No. Uh... <laughs> okay. So I think I think a possible to win the Rumble. Mr. Bob Backlund. Oh. <clears throat> I'd like him to be. Oh. Yeah, hot. Rumble at Mania. <laughs> Why not? The world's on what fire. A, Hot. God, what an eye opener for Luger. Yeah, I'm more I'm more invested in Backlund winning the Rumble than Luger. King Kong Bundy. Stone Cold. Get off. Um, but but you can do a bit where some like a, a smaller wrestler gets him out and it gets them over. Doink the clown. <laughs> if it was Matt Bourne, I'd say Hot. It's not. <clears throat> no. No. Not free, not stone cold, but certainly cold. Uh, nowhere near, the, nowhere near the main, your main. Star of thirty-two X Raw, Quang. <laughs> um, cold. No. Adam bombed. <laughs> With a heel champ on top, then maybe. I'm not. I'm going to say warm. What? I'm basing it on what we're working with here. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like the, I'm, I'm Apollo 11ing rest, wrestling at the moment. <laughs> you just chucked okay. a lot of crap on the table. I'm going. We're going to make a breathing apparatus out of this. So, you're saying, you're saying Adam Bomb is a viable WrestleMania main eventer. I could work with that. I think Adam Bomb and Diesel, big boys, bar each other. Big man slapping me. Tom, this is an NXT. You don't have to be f- falsely optimistic. <laughs> I know. I'm, I know. It's just, it's just, it's just my natural stance now. It's my natural flex. <laughs> okay. Duke the dumpster jersey. <laughs> Hot! Get that man in the main. Um, cold. <laughs> okay. Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. <laughs> Could we get like a battling thing going with Dick? Like a, um, a one last hurrah. I mean, Vince even name drops him in the opening match. Well, because he's excited. Because he's excited for Dick Murdoch. I'll say warm. Henry Orpheus Godwin. <laughs> Cold. Stay away from my mania main. Just a jockstrap. <laughs> oh! Uh, warm. No, come Jesus you Christ. Could have, you could know. Think about this, right? If oh, for Christ's think sake. about no, right? <laughs> Let me explain, <laughs> right? You okay. could have had, you could have had, right? Shut up for a minute. You, you could have had Aldo Montoya win the Royal Rumble <laughs> and WrestleMania <laughs> could have been taking place in Lisbon. Diesel versus Aldo, where he is a returning hero. 
You need some Clorox wipes for your hand that you just pulled deep from the deep recesses of your ass there? Yes. <laughs> Lisbon, with a little kid going, Aldo Montoya's going to win whether he wants to or not. <laughs> He's going to get a better mask whether he wants to or not. No, I want to. I want to. <laughs> they get in the match and Diesel goes, Aldo, I'm effed. Oh, have you been on some drugs? Nah, just tired. <laughs> it's just incredible time to shine. Warm. Mo. <laughs> Cold. Mabel. <laughs> Cold. I mean, Colin, they're not going to push him into a World Cup match in 1995. What, what a wild idea. Surely not. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. You know what? That's what? That's pretty hot. That's yes, pretty that's, hot. That's, that's, that's you your can, best there. You can easily justify Davy Boy. You could have had Brett win the belt and then do Brett Bulldog, Mania 11. Like, hey, these guys, hey, remember a couple of years ago, these guys fought for the IC title, now it's for the big one. The one, two, three kid. Warm! Underdog story, him and Diesel of Mania. And, and the 12th second match. <laughs> I mean, there is that. Bob Sparkplug Holly. <laughs> that is stone cold, mate. Sorry, Bob. And... Sean Michaels. Heart, heart, heart. That is, and I'm not saying that because this is the way history goes. That is your, possibly your best avenue right now. <laughs> possibly. Hey, look, hey, we've still got Aldo in the mix. <laughs> unless, unless you're signing Sting tomorrow, this is your only option. WrestleMania in Lisbon is your other option. Uh, my word. <laughs> More like Worstlemania. <laughs> so, upon announcing Sean's name, we cut the back to ringside where Sean is. He cuts his great ringside promo. He says, not, not, not only will people like him when he wins, but they're going to love him. Now stop bothering him, Todd. <laughs> like, Todd didn't even bother him. He was just... I know. He just interjected. Just, just a jump cut to Michaels at ringside. <laughs> But, man, thank God Sean's going to carry this goddamn match. Oh, and he really does. He literally straps this match on his back. Jo join me, Tom, and probably Matthew in a month when we watch Sean carry 29 guys at once. Hooray! And you know what? Okay, what I will say in defense of this Rumble, and I will talk about this again in the watch-along, it is my favorite Rumble scenario. I love the Rumble scenario here where numbers one and two are in at the end. Mm -hmm. I love that scenario. I love the idea, and they could have, you know, obviously in a, in another life they could execute this better. But the idea of one and two being these like gladiatorial lads who just push and push and push and push, and then at the end of the match it's them again. It's just like that scene where their eyes cross across the ring. They're just sweaty and tired and exhausted, and the one looks at the other and like, oh, for flipping you again. <laughs> And then they just start leathering each other and the crowd are going mental. Oh, it's a moment. And I love that trope. And it doesn't happen often enough, which is good because it happens all the time. It'd be boring. But I love the whole idea of number one and two being at the end. Thing is, when they did it here, anytime they did it after, this would be kind of played out, you know? Nah, it's been enough time. For God's sake, we've seen three occasions where we've had a superplex through the ring. You know, it's a, four. It's a, Four, where the superplex is through the ring. It is both. It is both a a unique moment and a wrestling trope at the same time, to the point where it is literally a, a command in a wrestling game. So Allstate won't even sure. Yeah, Allstate won't won't even sure Hornswoggle anymore. 
Really? Because Elvis is home. <laughs> oh. It, it, it keeps happy. You live near a fault line, apparently. Oh, <laughs> Actually, I just realised that it happened twice. <clears throat> the the one and two respective ending. Because it, it wasn't that Austin and Vince as well in 99. Uh, yes. And yeah. it happened... Well, it almost happened at 06 when Hunter and Ray were both in there, like, in the final three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's come close to happening multiple times. But I think we're ready for after, the one. After Hunter spent half the match laying around. <laughs> he just chilled, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Just kicking back. So, uh... <clears throat> we, we also learned that Diesel and Brett is, is for the title at the Rumble. Todd says that these are the two most popular stars ever. Or two of the most popular stars ever. Alright, slow down. Define ever. <laughs> Define popular. <laughs> Define most. Define two. <laughs> Define stars. The, the, the bit that's accurate here is there are two of them. Mm, mm, two stars. What Diesel can't pass if Brett or Sean's not in the ring with him. <laughs> so we go to Brett at home. Brett has one awesome fireplace. Doesn't he just? What a lovely, <laughs> what a lovely drawing room. Apparently, Brett's a glass blower in his spare time. <laughs> kind of a hobby. <clears throat> well, you can make you make like glassware through through a blowing method. <laughs> I'm also enjoying like his <clears throat> shirt unbuttoned. He looks a bit unshaven. He's had a great Christmas. Mm. He's just well, he's just chill. I think it was like I think he was also filming for um, Lonesome Dove at this point. Hence the five o'clock shadow. Yeah, I, I assume Perry... there'll be something to do with Lonesome Dove. I like the look. Yeah, because his character's like a frontier bounty hunter named Luther Root, <laughs> which is a great name. So yeah, Brett looks like basically Eddie Vedder at this point. <laughs> he calls it, he calls it his first break in ten years, which is probably true. Calls Diesel a fighting champion, and she's probably know, he true. Ring with him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a you know mutual admiration society because it's two baby faces. He wishes everyone a happy new year, except for Owen, because he wishes him a rotten new year. <laughs> I love that they just keep that little feud ticket over. That bitch, Owen. <laughs> See, I, I combined two trips there. I liked it. But but that's not all for this Royal McCarkers we have. For the Intercontinental title, Razor Ramon will defend against Jeff Jarrett. This will be something they come back to a couple of times. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett is the fetch of WWF. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Stop trying to make it happen. Fetch Jarrett is what we'll now call it. <laughs> Stop trying to make fetch happen. And speaking of things we're trying to make happen, we have Undertaker versus IRS. <laughs> and the graphic for this match, it effing killed me. Ah! <laughs> First you have Taker, and just look, looking very Taker-ish. He's got Paul Bear next to him making that bug-eyed ghoul face that he makes. So already it's comical enough. Then we have Iris in the foreground with that little smirk on his face. And behind him, we have two druids just standing there. Just kick him back. This is like a parody of a wrestling promotion. It's just... It, I'm intrigued to meet who is putting these graphics together. It might be Vince. It, Vince it, might have learned, like, some sort of Amiga-based painting program. This really is <laughs> Dr. Killbilly versus the Iron Yuppie in terms of just sheer absurdity. <laughs> and, and, and and Todd says with a straight face, and this is to his credit, with a straight face, he says, what role will the Druids play in this match? <laughs> They're just going to sit there and watch. <laughs> They're just there just to observe. 
It's like this is the original Retribution. Why does IRS have druids anyway? Because Obviously, ma- mind games, etc. But what? They're internal revenue druids. <laughs> oh, they're IRD. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious as to why. It's just like they've just kind of accepted, oh, there's IRS coming out with some druids. Like, I would like some story behind these druids. Like, why are they loyal to a tax collector <laughs> over the Undertaker? <laughs> I just wish there was like a documentary on, on this on the network so we could see one of the druids, like Bob Bobbington. He's <laughs> giving an interview and says, Bob Bobbington, test collector slash druid. <laughs> With no sense of irony at all. <laughs> so then we hit the Pamela Anderson hype because, you know, she's the big selling point of the show. Mm. It's, it's 95, understandably. It does, feel like, it does feel like the way they set this up as time goes on that the winner of the Rumble gets Pamela Anderson. <laughs> So I'm rooting for Dick Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sean at the very end says that whatever Pam does to him, he won't press charges. What's that in relation to? Because I heard that line, and, the, and he mentioned I, something, and I, it washed over me a little bit. I think Sean's just saying that she can do whatever she wants to him. Fair enough. Just, that's so pretty, she's going to rob his house and yes. break his legs. It's just Sean being a slime ball. Yeah, I figured as much. It's, and, and everybody just becomes like cartoon wolves when Pamela Anderson turns up in the WWF in true comic yes, book style in, in old Tex Avery cartoon yeah that's it that's exactly what we become <laughs> well, again I will say it was 1995 Pamela Anderson yes it was and, uh, It was standard I'm, at the time I'm not sure there's a modern day equivalent anywhere um... I, I mean there are beautiful celebrities in, 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 in film and in music and all that but but Pam was like the consensus. Like Baywatch was big in other countries for no reason. Well, actually, there was a reason, but it wasn't for the acting or the storylines. It was because it was because the novelty of Pamela Anderson. I'm trying to think if there is like a sort of like a, a a sort of big star Pamela Anderson type. I mean, if you go to the old days, maybe you could say Marilyn Monroe, mm. even though they're kind kind of different people. But so just that, that that sort of popularity based on appearance. Famous so microcosm now though, isn't it? Microcosm now, isn't it? It's no, there's no famous for fifteen. No, there's no you know famous for fifteen minutes. We're all famous to fifteen people. So it's <laughs> difficult to get a grip on it now because you just because I could I could say oh I think maybe this person or this person or this person mm-hmm. and I'm basing that on the fact that like they've got like one hundred and fifty thousand people following them on OnlyFans. But then they could be not had not heard of by a hundred thousand other people who know this is the yeah. So it's hard to get a gauge now. Yeah, who could be that that kind of person? I'm pretty sure if Pam had an OnlyFans in '95, would have broken the internet. Jeez, can you imagine? She'd have made millions overnight. And then she could have vanished by age 35, and we never hear from her again. While she lives on some private island. <laughs> there was that um that actress. This was it this week or last week who set up an OnlyFans, and she made something like $2 million in 24 hours. <laughs> it's uh, disposable income. I think it was Stephanie Wyand. Yeah, <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Shut up and take my money! <laughs> For a million, I'll go away. You have all mine. <laughs> it's two million. Go further. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, speaking of people who uh, are known for their uh, for their aesthetics. Amazing. Henry Go- I want to Henry applaud you on that segue. That was beautiful. I think I kicked my neck making that segue. You literally broke your neck segueing from OnlyFans to Henry Godwin. Right, whatever Adam's paying you, it needs to be double. <laughs> Christ! Adam, I hope you heard that. Yes, Adam Pichotto. Get on it. Henry me. Godwin versus Mike Corey. So, this is the raw debut of Hog. He brings that with him an empty slot bucket. Now, in the future, this bucket would be full of contents for throwing at opponents and stuff because, you know, curse humor is funny. But here it's just empty. It's pristine. Why he has an empty bucket with him, I have no idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's carrying all the interest in his character in this bucket. <laughs> it's the effing and bucket. I have to do for you now my impression of his theme song. This may be one of the worst songs in WBF history. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to play the banjo whilst you do the noises? Uh, all right, all right, I'll or or have, you worked out, have you worked out a whole routine? Because if so, I don't want to step on your toes. Okay, you be the ba- the banjo, I'll be the sound effects guy. Uh, oh, okay. It should be noted that in the future, he would adopt Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy, which is at least a passable enough song. It was at least a song. <laughs> yes, it, it, it was upbeat. It, 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 may, it may have been retro, and, but it fit the character. And as a baby face, that was fine. But here he's just nasty heel, Kenny Powers and overalls, Henry Godwin. <laughs> okay, he so doesn't like Kenny Powers. I'm, uh, I'm, I've, I've got my banjo armed. Okay, here we go. Okay, go. Ahead. 
Clang, 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 we dare you. <laughs> that is basically his music. I'm sorry, what was that? that I was... missed that. I got a text alert from Chick-fil-A for some reason. <laughs> Sweet! Uh, <laughs> that was basically his music, wasn't it? Just that noise yes. that he came to the ring with. It's just farm ambiance. That's, that's all it is. It's, it doesn't get you excited for anything. Do you know what? It, it gets me excited exactly the amount that I need to get for this match because just gonna cut to the chase. This was awful. This was a dull yeah. squash match that went on for about four years. Uh yeah. So I love how he debuts in in New York State. This is just the spot that debut Henry Godwin in. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I mean, we're like in a hip savvy time here. We're like, you know, the the rise of hip hop into the mainstream. People love their Mortal Kombat video games. And here's a game from 1978 in New York. Jeez. This is uh this this is a little tone deaf. Just a little bit, yes. I mean, there are all kinds of southern style characters you can come up with for Henry Godwin. So why is he just a generic pig farmer? Ugh. Anyway. So this match is, as, as you mentioned, this is very bad. It gets this weird drop-down slam thing. He puts Corey in the corner and gives him what, what can best be described as the stink body. Where he just, he, he just like, rubs himself on him. I guess trying to get his pig stank off. <laughs> Corey's having none of this. Takes him to the mat. He's fish-hooking his mouth, which is illegal in UFC. You, you can't fish-hook. Um... He grinds against the corner a lot. I guess, I guess, I guess, in order to indicate that he has like um, bad itches because he's uh, he's dirty and stuff. That's the whole idea. I think that's what he was saying. So he's like the, pig pen. Yeah, because he's like he's near a smelly man, so therefore the smell is mm. is rubbing off on him somewhat. So Vince and Sean are so busy discussing the Royal Rumble, they, 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 they give damn one about this match. <laughs> it's slow. We it's have very slow. there's one moment where Vince there's a, there's a, they have a shot of a kid in the crowd looking just a, just just very vacant at what's going on in the ring and Vince refers to the kid as a little rumbler. Was it Vic Joseph? <laughs> that would have made sense. But he's, the kid was a little rumbler. I think he had a Royal Rumble shirt on. That might have been why. But even so, the idea of him being a little rumbler was was the only note I made on this match. Is he a rumble fish? <laughs> oh, is he a rumble strip? I mean, we had fish hooking in this match, so it all goes together. Yeah, despite the, the, the pig references, it's a very fishy match. It is. It's um, slimy and it stinks. <laughs> so, Henry gets a headbutt to the gut, busts out the slop drop, and then rolls him over a few times before pinning him. Because he's rolling him like a pig. Vince has the balls to call that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how I hear now people referring to a reverse DDT as a slop drop? Well, you can call it Scorpion Death Drop, but it's too many syllables. I'd, or a reverse DDT. 
I mean, slap drop is just two simple syllables. But it's just funny how that is how there is such a legacy behind Henry Godwin's finish and the move that is basically a pun name based on his character, the slop drop. Exactly. It's just. But yet, here we are. It just seems funny to me. I I blame us '90s kids. I blame the '90s kids too. So, Tom, you know that Drake meme where it shows him looking away from something with his with his with his hand as if to say stop. I don't I don't want that. Yeah. And it's for one photo, and below that you have him smirking while like point gesturing to say yeah that's stuff. I do indeed, photo. sir. So, I would apply those to Hakushi's vignettes so far. The like oh, OMG WTF photo would be for the stupid cloud vignette that debuted a few weeks ago. The that's the stuff photo would go for this vignette, yeah. which is Hakushi flipping a lot and beating people up in video form. Well, just beating the one person up. It was the Dave Meltzer lookalike who sometimes turns oh. up to job. Oh, yeah, Reno Riggins. Reno Riggins. That's it. That was his name. I couldn't remember his name. Yes. But yeah, it's just, it's very simple to the point. Hakushi's a tremendous athlete, very stoic, has has a cool Raiden from Mortal Kombat look to him. Have I dropped a few facts about Hakushi on this podcast yet? I, I, don't, I don't believe you have, but if you have any to drop, drop I them have here. indeed. Jinzei Shinzaki, better known as Hakushi, mm-hmm. former soccer player who mastered amateur wrestling in school. He was looking to become an actor. But he bumped into Gran Hamada one day, who convinced him to become a wrestler instead. He joined Universal Lucha Libre in 1992. He was a co-founder of Mishinoku Pro later that year. He was on WWF's Tour of Japan last year. I'm pretty sure we we talked about him in the podcast last year during the Japan the Japan tour. Yes, as part of the joint shows with a Tenru's War promotion. That was it. Now, um, he was offered a, a contract later on in the year because they, they were very happy with him. But it may or may not have been related to the fact that Hayabusa had rejected an offer from the WWF recently. Oh, I never even knew that. Yeah. So, so they, whether they were just keen to hire a Japanese star, they'd approach Hayabusa. Hayabusa went, nah, mate, you're our reach. So they went, hey, Jinsei Shinzaki, come on down. <laughs> I'm, I mean, goddamn, I love Hakushi. Hayabusa would have been, that would have really been something. That'd I don't have, know how oh, it, to turn the page, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know if really would turn to page. I, I, I'm thinking like Hayabusa versus like Owen Hart or something, or just what kind of match that could like Owen just harking back to his junior heavyweight style from the from the days of your. Mate, there. Think about this, mate. Think about this. There is a parallel universe somewhere where the new generation era consists of Sting and Hayabusa. Jeez. <laughs> we got the we got the short straw, didn't we? Sting could have been the hog farmer. No, I am Stephen, Trevor, Ian, Nigel Kennedy. No, he's just stinky. I am stinky. Because he's stinky, because he's a pig farmer. Instead of pointing a bat, he points a rake. (laughs) First double. Wait, that's on his job. He descends from the balcony in dungarees. <laughs> John, make all of this happen somehow. It's the crow makeup, but with like a, a straw hat. <laughs> um, Hakushi means the white one. I thought it was white angel. 
something like that, yeah. White Angel, the one is in with a capital O. So yeah, White Angel would probably make sense as well. Uh, and it's uh, it's a bit of a bit of a hodgepodge of something new and something borrowed from his character in Mishinoku Pro. And that is what we've got to look forward to with Hakushi. Well, at least the matches will be enjoyable. Yes. What is not enjoyable is this next segment. <laughs> King's Court with World Wrestling Federation champion Kevin Diesel Nash. <laughs> so, 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 so first of all, it does some crowd work. He also wants to solve Vince's toupee, and Vince makes a great face while Sean points at him and laughs. All right, that was funny. Sean, Sean can add to anything and make it, make it better. He's very good so like you, that. So Diesel comes out, he still has the menacing horns music, which doesn't really fit him anymore. This before he adopts the um, pseudo Roseanne theme as his music. <laughs> oh my god, isn't it? It's the Kevin Roseanne theme! Oh but, but, god! But it fits him, though. <laughs> I mean, it's bluesy rock music, which, which fits Diesel, and, and was actually a fine theme song, but I can't not hear Roseanne when I hear it. It's the very Rosanna thing. Down, 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 down. What doesn't kill us is breaking us stronger. <laughs> We're gonna last longer. Do you remember that in the last season where they put lyrics to it? <laughs> it's, uh... I mean, when I mean the last series, I mean the proper last series. Not the one that she half did on Netflix and then turned into a racist. I mean, <laughs> the one where it actually ended. Well, I mean, Diesel has a lot in common with Dan Connor. <laughs> Go on. I'm ready for this. Um, they're big. Um, they're family men. <laughs> they're put upon to, to bring the funny <laughs> in tough times. Uh, they're always telling Donnie to shut the f*** up. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Big Lebowski recently. That's a nice reminder. <laughs> I love doing an Burger. Shut the f*** up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I would have got behind Diesel if he, he just told everyone to shut the f*** off. <laughs> imagine that! Imagine that! Look at this, Jerry Lawler! This Jerry Lawler gabbing on going, Hey, hey, Diesel! Hey, hey! You're like a, a truck, but you run out of gas! <laughs> he goes, shut the f*** up, Jerry! <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's my champion! This isn't WWE Worldwide, there are rules. <laughs> I'd have got behind him, 100%. He'd have been my guy. I'd have had t-shirts, flags, diesel-powered shirt, socks on. Vince, you make me job the Brett. You're entering a world of pain. <laughs> I was I was in Nam. <laughs> a world of pain, Vince. <laughs> Just, what if... <laughs> I, can get, I can get you Zach Gowen's like by 3 o'clock with nail polish. Fucking amateurs. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. This diesel would have would have just completed everything. You tell Vince I don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> wrestle or wrestle on Shabbos. I don't. All his promos are done while bowling. <laughs> I'd get behind that character. I'd be oh, mate, million percent, super relatable. So is Sean the dude? Of the scenario. Oh, without a doubt, Sean has to be the dude. It just, hey man, it just it brought the it brought the room together. <laughs> Sean, they're carrying a coffee can with a Waltman's ashes in it. 
<laughs> and about Sean's face. <laughs> I love the idea of them traveling from town to town in a burnt out car. <laughs> I think Stephanie Wine kidnapped herself, man. <laughs> Someone said Stephanie Wine's toe in the post. We're not that bothered, to be honest. The end of the film. <laughs> So who's Autobahn? It's Alex Wright, Walter, and who? Um, Alex Wright, Walter, and Luke, Ludwig Borger. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Borger. We've we just got Europe. <laughs> Where's the money, Hickenbottom? <laughs> the big Hickenbottom. That's, that's your movie. Billy Gunn pulls up at the bar. How you doing, dude? Wait, Get me a sarsaparilla. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Freaking Stan Hansen. <laughs> although, although he's not laid back. <laughs> Hangman could do it. Dick Murdoch. Hangman. Yeah. <laughs> Hangman in a modern day remake of, of. That should be how All Out starts. <laughs> Just Hangman with a big super straighter mustache. Absolutely. Now, we're having too much fun here. Oh. We, we have to cover this awful segment. So. Fine. Lawler offers a handshake to Diesel, and Diesel squeezes it hard. Ha! Because get it? Lawler's a heel. Diesel's a face now. And Lawler's screaming in pain because Diesel's got a crushing handshake. So they're still building Diesel back on for the house shows. Just give it up. <laughs> just, just stop. Lawler says Sean made Diesel foreshadowing for possibly a future pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And then he browbeats Diesel for offering Brett a title shot. And it is weird to hear Lawler kind of rooting for Brett. After what has gone down so far. It is a bit odd, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, how, how, how Brett's going to put that sharpshooter on you and beat you? Diesel just goes, shut up! <laughs> and then, well, well, the heat machine liked it. Oh, the heat machine's had it fine with it. Mm-hmm. So then Diesel steals Lawler's crown. Because this is very Diesel-like. This is what this is the Kevin Nash we know and love. And he throws Lawler to the floor, and he puts the crown on and smiles, and sits down on the throne as Vince laughs. Now, t- two things here. And this segment was obviously done to endear Diesel to the, to the crowd. Like, he's a fun baby face. This was apparently a redo. According what? to the Observer. They had to do it again later in the night because the crowd didn't react to it the first time. Oh my god! So you're hoping they're going to react a second time? Yes. 1,400 fans at Liberty High School in Liberty, New York did not react to the segment of the WWF champion beating up the biggest asshole in the company. Why do you think that was? Just, just, just general malaise with the show? Could have been a lot of things, but clearly Diesel is not as electric as they were hoping, especially this version of Diesel. (laughs) But the one saving grace of this whole bit is when Sean threatens to send Diesel back to Oz. (laughs) In those exact words. That, I I missed that line, and I'm sad that I did, because that is a wonderful inside the nod. (laughs) I bet Vince didn't even get it either. And no, Vince wasn't paying. I think by this point, Sean had established that Vince really isn't like fully paying attention, and mm-hmm. it's the old adage that it's better to seek forgiveness than ask permission. And 
And what's this going to do? Fire Sean? Exactly. Which have then. <laughs> Sean knows his value. He knows. For a one-off line, you might get a rap on the knuckles, but it's worth it. <laughs> at, at worst. Mm-hmm. Vince needs Sean more than vice versa. <laughs> and it, it is painfully evident here. So we get footage from over the weekend of the Heavenly Bodies knocking the Bushbackers out of the tag title tournament and doing the world of good. This weekend, Owen and Jim Ni- Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart versus the Head Shrinkers. It sounds like a fun match, actually. Yeah, that should be good. Owen, Owen can Owen can work some magic there. Like far two's a good a good car- a good uh, so, a good guy. So Sioni. Well. a good egg too. It's yeah, just two two big brawling islanders. Can't go wrong there. And then Jim Neidhart's there as well. Yes, he's there for posterity. <laughs> yes, he has a posterior. Yes, we all do. <laughs> Except for QT Marshall, according to Taz. <laughs> in, one, in one of the truly great moments in the history of AEW Dark. Was this the one with, with, with Excalibur back? Just oh, no, not that one. On this, was, this was a while back. It was during a, a, a Natural Nightmares tag team match. Uh, but QT was ring with someone. QT, I guess, has a very um, non-curvature body from the back, so to speak. It has his, hey, did QT go to Vegas? I think he lost his ass. <laughs> they really <laughs> aren't the that act- bothered on Dark, are they? They just kick right back. It's tremendous. Shivani and Tez, uh, Excalibur and Tez, both great teams. Yeah, agreed. I think Tez will come back of the year for 2020. I think he's been he's been a revelation. I really enjoyed his work yes. on AEW. Well, there's... Whether he's cutting a vicious old-school Taz promo in the corner of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, or he's hamming it up on commentary, he's tremendous. Yeah, nice to see him back doing and And being so passionate about it as well, that's always good to see. Mm-hmm. Always good to see Taz. Mm-hmm. Quang versus Ramblin' Rich Myers. Totally good to see is Quang. The highlight of this match is at the very onset, when Vince says he thinks Dick Murdoch could win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yes! Don't get my hopes up, Vince. <laughs> Vince also asks Sean if Sean has any true friends at all. Well, yes, yeah, some of them have influence, as we'll see throughout 1995. Oh. So Myers fires up early. Like I said, he he's a pretty solid hand, rambling rich. Tries for a flip senton attack for some reason and misses. I mean, he looked agile doing it. To be fair, Myers gets a fair bit in this. Yeah. I think part of it is because his father, I don't know if you remember this, his father's Georgie Animal Steel. I wasn't aware of that. That's a fun fact. I did not know this. If you look at his face, you will see it, especially the eyes. No green tongue, but but definitely the eyes. And he isn't eating turnbuckle pads, so it's hard to no. tell. He, he's very skinny. He, he, he adheres to a, a paleo diet. <laughs> so um so Quang blows red mist into the sky and then he blows green mist Merry Christmas oh is that what that is is that a little nod yeah. to Christmas from Quang yeah. Merry Quangmas you there he took NyQuil and DayQuil at the same time <laughs> he's like there's there's a um there's a guy on YouTube oh no it's Facebook is it? it's a guy on Facebook and he makes cocktails he makes cocktails for nightclubs and stuff and he's mm-hmm. amazing. He's like a wizard. And he does this one where he can pour different ingredients into a jug 
and then he'll pour drinks into different glasses, and all the glasses are different colours, different coloured drinks really? in them. It's amazing. Nice. So Quang is basically that guy. I don't know his name, but every time he finishes making a drink, he goes, "And there you have it." So if you if that if you know vaguely who I'm talking about, then that's a nice little treat for you. Yes, please write in and, and inform Tom of the name he has forgotten. Write in at Tom Campbell, thank you. So then, just to show you how bad things have gotten in 1994, we have an inset promo from Howard Finkel. <laughs> I loved how pointless this was. Because <laughs> you see, last week, he pulled down Howard or Harvey, Harvey, Harvey Whippleman's pants to keep it from interfering in the Bushwackers Bush well done match. Which should tell you just how bad things have gotten. And I assure you that I only pulled down Harvey's pants to prevent outside interference. <laughs> okay. The end. <laughs> end of message. What was the point? Like, I was... I genuinely was waiting for Howard Finkel to go, For that, I'm sorry. Sorry I didn't do it sooner! Like, there was nothing. It was just... Tom? Tom, yes, we are bu- we are building to something. Are we? Oh no, we are, aren't we? I've already oh, assured John. No. I've already assured John Eiley he can join us for that episode on January 9th. I knew he'd be into, I knew he'd be into that sort of thing. The massive pervert. Of course. <laughs> Love Tom, you, John. John. <laughs> so. <laughs> Love you, John. You massive pervert. <laughs> Love you, John. Love you, John. Love you, John. Massive pervert. <laughs> so this methodical beatdown continues. And then <laughs> Vince promotes Vinny Pazienza's fight with Roberto Duran. What the hell's going on with this match? And the best part is I heard that and I thought, okay, weird cross-promotion. It's going to get weirder in a minute. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, Myers rolls over in this weird botch. He gets leg dragged. Spinny heel kick finishes. There was a lot to digest in this match. Should have been your. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just gonna keep 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 going here and just. I'll I'll disgorge it later. We have a promo from Vinny Pazienza. <laughs> Future WrestleMania 15 brawl for all referee. <laughs> At the time, Paz was an active boxer. The, the Pazmanian Devil, they called him. He's shadow boxing somewhere. It appears to be his home gym, and and he's cutting. He cuts his entire like three minute promo while shadow boxing and gasping for air. He's getting knackered, isn't he? That was the for me. I was like, that's that's a bad look. <laughs> you're just showing us that you you're gassed by punching the I, air. Well, I feel worse if I were Duran because spoiler alert, Pazienza knocked him out. Oh, do you know the story of this match? No. It's oh. Just a, it's just two aging boxers in a match in Atlantic City in January of 95. Well, there's a little bit more to it than that, Justin Henry. What the hell did you just say? I said, there's a little bit more to it than that, Justin Henry. Okay, Paul Barry, why don't you tell me? <laughs> oh, yes. So, Vinny Pazienza. A biography by Tom Campbell, age 36 and three quarters. <clears throat> so, uh, Vinny was trained by... Kevin Rooney, who trained Mike Tyson. 
Correct. Helped him bulk up, moved him to the light middleweight division, became a champion in 1991. A few weeks after winning the light middleweight championship, he was in a car accident that pretty much everybody thought wrote him out of boxing forever. He had a halo fitted, like screwed into his neck so he could well, yeah. recover. Well, yeah, that was a movie called for this. Yeah, that was it, and that's where yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, boxing was out of the question, but he was like, "Hey, you don't know what I'm made of. I'm going to come back from this." And he was told that one bad knock would sever his spinal cord. But regardless, he trained and he worked out. He did an interview Radio Four a while back, and he said, "I tell my ma, I'm going to do this or die trying. Simple as that." The first time I said that, she started crying. About a month after, I started working out again. I told my father about it, and I invited him to the gym. When he drove me home, he was sweating bullets, soaking wet. I told him everything was cool. He refused painkillers when the halo came off, even though he'd fought to come back back into the boxing, which he had done. Nobody actually wanted to train or spar with him because they were frightened they'd kill him. Um, a year after breaking his neck, uh, Pazienza got a match, and it was 18 months and six wins after that he fought Roberto Duran for the first time in Vegas. Now, Duran had said in press going into this fight, mate, I'm going to break your neck again. <laughs> and so which, and which immediately makes him ultimate boxing heel. Like, Paz is like the guy who fought back from being crippled for life to be here. Uh, many called for the match to be cancelled, but Paz's camp was like, no, he's got a clean bill of health, his bones are healed, it's happening. And lo and behold, Paz knocks him out. Uh, he may have been 43, says Paz, but nobody hit harder than that guy. It was like nothing I'd ever felt, like one of those big wrecking balls crashing into me. He dropped me in the fifth, but after the bell went at the end of the round, I followed him back to his corner, started shouting, Duran, I ain't going nowhere. He waved me off and called me loco, but I, he knew I had balls. He outpointed him after 12 rounds. So now we are building to this miraculous rematch between Paz and Duran in January. That's the story of Vinny Pazian. So, um, it's, uh, this would be the second most humiliating loss of Roberto Duran's career, then. Pretty much, yeah. You, you know, a lot of people go, oh, you got knocked out by the crippled guy. He's like, well, he's tougher than you think. Well, well I mean, it was a decision. I, I did say it wrong. He, he wasn't knocked out. He was knocked down at one point during the fight. Yeah. Even but, so, um, he, he lost to the guy. For those of you who have some spare time, go on YouTube and look up the Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard fight from 1980 when Sugar Ray bullied him into giving up during the fight. <laughs> it is one of the most inexplicable things you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, he just, like, just bullies him. Yeah, it, it, have you heard the phrase no moss in regards to boxing? Yes. It was that fight, because um, Sugar Sugar Ray was, like, he, he just gassed him through the fight and started, like, embarrassing him. Like, he would, he would, he would wind up with his right and then just throw a left jab right at his face just to, like... Show how slow he was, oh. and he he he, he, just, he just kept bullying him. It was like the eighth or ninth round. Duran had nothing left. He like, he walked to his corner and told the ref, "No moss, as in no more." Like I I give up. He was a champion too, and Sugar Ray just bullied him into giving up. Oh. just like Duran, like never. Pe people still see him to this day as a, as being like a phony, a coward, a quitter for that fight. Sugar Ray just punked him out. Wowzers! <laughs> Duran has got quite the life. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I think this Paz fight might be a little bit less known outside of the movie, but, yeah, he's, I mean, he had a great career, no doubt about it, but no Moss is how he's defined, unfortunately. But what defines Pazienza to me was this promo. A lot of fired up shadow boxing, cuts a decent enough promo while shadow boxing, and it's a long promo. 
like three minutes he goes on about Panamanian voodoo dolls and just like I guess he had a financial stake in this WWF. I believe they did. Like there was some sort of promotional tie-in they were working on. I I, I can only assume it's um it's it's something. It kind of ticks a lot of boxes for Vince because Vince always keen to you know try his hand at other sports and other avenues, and also Vince <laughs> keen to associate wrestling with. Uh, with with the, with topical entertainment, so the Paz fight, I think, being quite the talking point, it would it would at least make you at least Vince would make you believe on this episode of Raw. It reminds me when Vince tried to book uh, Peter Peter Herky McNeely for the '96 Rumble match. No way! Did that really happen? He tried the booking, but I, I guess they couldn't agree on terms. Amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah, Panamanian voodoo dolls. I'm gonna get him, Vince. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll beat Sean up too. That's basically it for three minutes. Yep. <laughs> so speaking of fighters, the timing of this is perfect, is it not? Like in terms of the, oh, yeah. the pacing of this show. This was intentional. Mm-hmm. We have a vignette for Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine. <laughs> He's tougher than Tyson, more menacing than Steven Seagal. Faster than Jean-Claude Van I slow down. <laughs> so basically, they're, with Hakushi, you have Raiden. But Kama is more of a uh, more of an extension of this attempt to capitalize on Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, and all those games. And we'll see Avatar later in the year as being like a, another extension of that. Kama is Papa Shango, repackaged as just a fighting machine. So his outfit is a singlet with a white t-shirt underneath. It is the goddamn dumbest look you've ever seen for a fighter. It is an odd one, but there is some inspiration to it. Please, please tell. Uh, it is inspired. Well, well, at this point, Charles Wright was doing a little bit of the old uh, MMA himself, a little bit of shoot fighting himself. And he was sure. a big fan of UFC's Kimo uh, Leopoldo. Oh, is that what it is? And a bit of the look is based on, on Leopoldo. Not all of it, because I haven't seen Kimo looking as daft as Karma looks in some of these. Um, but that's kind of roughly what it's based on. Okay, I've, so I've... I'm, do... I'm Google image searching Kimo Leopoldo right now. And he, looks, I'm gonna look for... he looks infinitely cooler than Karma. <laughs> that's like the most badass tattoo scheme I've ever seen in my life. So far, I've not found one photo of him wearing a white t-shirt while he fights. No. <laughs> okay, so what in the hell are they talking about? I see nothing. I see nothing at all. Well, nothing. That's I, what I, I was, I'm just quoting what it says, what it's based on. What, what are they going on? I'm moving on. I have a headache. <laughs> so, and, and now for a truly 1994 sentence we have Stephanie Wine doing a report with Ted DiBiase <laughs> apparently in this in this back corridor of an office building so they hang out near the fire escape and, <laughs> and Luke, we learned that Luger and Bulldog have challenged Bigelow and Tonga for next week 
DiBiase accepts on, on his men's behalf. He's furious right, though, isn't he, DiBoss? He's bloody furious about it. On paper, it's actually not a bad-sounding match. Yeah, it should be a good one, I think. They imagine to cobble together four guys more who aren't totally useless and actually have some name value <laughs> for a match. So kudos to them. And now we come to our main event, which is truly a main event anywhere in the country. The, Undert- <laughs> the Undertaker versus the Brooklyn Brawler in a match of two men who have pinned Triple H. <laughs> that's, that's it, isn't it? It's true. That's right. And winner faces Alex Wright next week. <laughs> it's been a bad week for Triple H in 1994. Uh-huh, that's why, that's why I quit. You can beat Alex Wright. So I had Diesel beat him up in the parking lot. Just to, to, to very quickly return to Karma for a brief second. Okay. Which would you have preferred, the Supreme Fighter Machine or the mystery box that is their original plans for him? That being? He was going to come back as the man behind Bob Backlund. Oh, right, right. Where like, And, and if I you mean... missed the episode where we talked about this, so basically the, the early plans were that Papa Shango was going to come back as Voodoo Man, but it turned out that he, the reason Bob Backlund went crazy was because Papa Shango put a spell on him, put a curse on him. And yeah, just, just that keep it calm as is. I mean, it's, I mean, Backlund's better going nuts on his own. Yeah, giving, giving some rhyme or reason doesn't really assist him in any way. Nah, it's... Just give Karma a better look and he'd been fine. There you go. Anyway, back to back to uh, this riveting main event of Undertaker versus Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah, so Vince compares Paul Bearer to Andre Agassi, which is a hell of a stretch. I've never heard that comparison before in my life. I've so not Sean said that one before either, to be fair. Sean says there's Christmas cookies in that urn, which, which, which has me hungry now for some sugar cookies. Sean plugs the outlaw Jersey Wales on USA. Hey, a good movie for a change. <laughs> it's, your u- it's your usual taker dominance. And he's facing the brawler, for Christ's sakes. Vince Warner's of an IRS sleeper sleeper hole can fell the Undertaker. Spoiler, no. Um, Tombstone finishes. IRS and the Druids appear in the aisle. We have a standoff. And that's it. See you in 1995. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Taker vs. IRS is happening, whether we want it to or not. It feels a bit like Modern Undertaker here. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I feel like mm-hmm. we're proper in Modern Undertaker mode now. Like We're this getting feels, there. Yeah, this feels like the guy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, he, he's turning a bit more human for the sake of having more enjoyable matches. And we see it flesh out a lot more with... Uh, Around 96, when you know, Mankind comes in, he has good matches with like Diesel, Foley, Vader. We start seeing him take on more human characteristics rather than just a slow, plodding, grave-digging demon. Which, I mean, has its charm as a character, but it's not always the most exciting wrestling matches. Yeah. Very much agrees. But not, not, not a terrible episode of Raw this week. We've had worse. We have had worse. I feel like this is a phrase I'm going to bust out a lot in the next 12 months. We have had worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's... I'm not sure where it ranks on, like, the actual curve itself. But, I mean, it's not high-end. No. It's... it's just... It's not as crappy as what we're used to. <laughs> we are... Man. Yeah, we're conditioned for awful. And this was middling. 
This was tepid. <laughs> incredibly, incredibly tepid. This was, I could still taste the rust, but at least the water's not brown anymore. <laughs> so that is your Coldaholic Classic Raw review for this week. Now, uh, Justin, uh, is there a watch along on the Discord tonight, Saturday night? Uh, actually, no, because because All Out we're watching. Uh, well, I'm watching All Out independently where at the home of my brother. Okay. But on Sunday night, September 6th, as recommended by our our longtime supporter, Stephen Scodes, we we're watching Unforgiven 1999. Whoa! The old uh, six-pack challenge! Yes, sir. <gasps> Very nice. If you want to jump over to the Cultaholic Discord on Sunday, you can watch along with Justin Henri and our beautiful Discord friends as well. You can find out... <laughs> more about that but i presume you just look for i'm still new to this discord malarkey you do <laughs> do you search cultaholic on discord and it's there i think so yeah um i mean i just have it have it saved as this so I, I just click it on there cultaholic so discord there. just google it and it's there you can find it there <laughs> and you can join justin henry and watch along some wrestling it's a good time had by all it's a lovely time had by all as a matter of fact i might even pop in I say that, I might be asleep. But if I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> we'll wake you up in, in time for um, Jericho versus X-Pac. Yay! It's my favourite one! I'm so happy! <laughs> uh, also, by tomorrow, uh, you'll be able to... This time tomorrow, on the Coltonic YouTube channel, AEW uh, All Out Graded. AEWTF moments from All Out. Uh, what happened at All Out? All that jazz is there. And in a few hours' time, Adam Pacitti will be doing some reactions for All Out as well on the Cultaholic YouTube channel. You can watch it live on there. Enjoy all the All Out stuff and then refresh your palate with Unforgiven 99 with Justin Henry on the Discord. What a treat. Lots going on, isn't there, a Cultaholic? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, chock full of stuff. Three, three straight weeks of pay-per-views, so very, 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 very busy here. I'm ready for a little sleep after this weekend, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a holiday weekend for me, but I'll be working. Oh, what's the holiday? Labor Day. Oh, it's Labor Day, isn't it? Well, that's, I forgot it was Labor Day over there. It's like your bank holidays, isn't it? But they're a bit, they're a bit more patriotic. <laughs> eh, a little bit. It's just the the end of summer here in the U.S. It's the symbolic last weekend at the beach for all the people who ignore the, ignore the big virus floating around. <laughs> Are you going but, to the beach? Nah. Oh, <laughs> that means yes. No, no, I'm not. He's definitely going to the beach. No, it's hashtag uh, I, Justin's I, going to the beach. <laughs> I I hate traffic and the air conditioner in my car is out. So yeah, Justin's staying home. Hashtag stay home with Justin. Yes. <laughs> Until we are together again. He is at JRH writing. I am at Tom Campbell. Together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <sighs> Hashtag stay at home with Justin. I love you, bye. Hashtag not in that way. I mean, stay in your own house, obviously, but stay at home figuratively with Justin. Close hashtag. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 